0: All right, Paul here with Chris and Chuck and Lyle and myself. Welcome to Catfish Weekly Series 6. And uh, today we're going to go over baits, the best baits for catfish. Um, probably cover things that you didn't even know, but um, we're going to go over the baits. Anybody want to start off first? or Lyle or Chuck?
1: Uh, yeah, I can go over some. Um, down here, we use a lot of uh, bluegill for for blues and flatheads. Uh, most time, we try to get them the day of. Uh, there's not much care to taking a bluegill; they'll pretty much live through anything. You can keep them overnight in a bucket. Um, I use a small fray bill bubbler, and I just stick down there, battery operated. Uh, <coughs> not go fishing for two days, and I'll still have them lively and ready to go if you keep the water um, you know if it's real hot just keep ice in it or whatever but that seems to be the best bait down here we try uh, in this river skipjack get natural uh, I've soaked skipjack straight up next to bluegill uh, some nights I hadn't got a bite on skipjack and bluegills just tear them up so um, a lot of people says skipjack does really good in bodies of water that uh, they're not natural to but i don't really find that true here in the so I cut carp seems to work a lot better but the days that we go fish and we go ahead and try to get our baits that day um, so we'll go out and we'll do a whole different little fishing trip we want him to have our catfish stuff with us we'll I'm right here on the lake. We'll jump in the boat. We'll go get our bluegill. I'll bring the net with us in case we're not able to get the bluegill. Um, We have to use rod and reel here for our bluegill. Uh, We can't use a throw net. Uh, We can't hardly use any other species um, of game-type fish other than bluegill. Uh, So we'll have to go out and we'll have to do our little brim fishing trip catch our bluegill on rod and reel, come back in. Um, If we don't get get our bluegill, we'll have to throw the net a couple of times, which shad's usually pretty easy to get. The the larger ones that are uh, 10 inches long or sometimes longer, they're a lot harder to get. But a lot of times it's the last resort, but we usually always have live bait when we go out flathead fishing at night. And... Anything that's left over from our flathead trip, we go ahead and um, put them in Ziploc bag, freeze them up, have our last resort, go uh, out blue fishing or whatever. Uh, when I go out catching shad, the, the best secret that I've learned to keep them alive and keep them lively is to have a, a round bait tank and a round transfer tank. By a transfer tank, what I mean is the intermediate storage to put them in that you dump the net in uh, when you pull them out of the water. That inter- that transfer tank, they can go ahead and ur- take, get rid of the waste, get rid of some slime and stuff that causes the toxin in the water. Okay, try again, Chuck where did I lose the bait tank?
0: Yeah just there about the round and transfer you started chopping up.
1: Okay, uh, On the, the round transfer tanks you'll dump your throw net straight into the transfer tank. Um, you'll go ahead and let them gurgitate, get rid of their waste, uh, get some of their slime. All them toxins will get in that transfer <coughs> tank. Then after about 20 minutes, you can take them out of the transfer tank, put them in your bait tank um, after you've got your aerator going, uh, all this, uh, and they'll live, and they're a lot more lively than if you dump them straight in your uh, bait tank. A round bait tank helps a lot because the shad, they want to gather in the corner, um, and by them gathering in the corner, they're, they're bumping their noses against it, and they're taking each other's oxygen away. If you can uh, get a round bait tank and and put your your water in a circular motion, um, that helps the shad swim around. They don't have no corner to get in and group up. Uh, And most of the time they'll last. If you can keep the water at a, a pretty cool temperature, they can last about all night and they're still lively when you put them on the hook. Um, another thing I do, if I have to resort for shad, if I cannot get the bluegills we need, um, or small-sized carp, which will catch on doe baits or get them in the net, um, I'll use the smaller shad and I'll put two on a hook. I will hook them behind the dorsal fin, um, where they're facing away from each other, and what this does, it causes a larger bait presentation uh, for viewing, and it causes a larger bait presentation with vibration, which the larger fish that are targeting those vibrations of that size, uh, it brings them on in. Uh, you, you'll still get the, you know, the small three, four. Five, pounds flatheads coming in, but it will also target the larger ones on in. end if you can't get the larger baits. Um, and also if we're using bluegill, and a lot of times during prime time we'll get out um, immediately, wham wham, we, we have four big hand-sized bluegill, that's all we were able to get, and they're gone. And we have you know, 12 or 15 small ones. I'll do the same thing with the small bluegills. I'll put them on there facing away from each other, hook behind the dorsal fins, um, and they'll just sit there and play tug of war. Um, they won't get down there on the bottom and get inactive and try to hide. I think what they do, they, they keep each other on their toes. Um, they each know each other's there, and it keeps both of them active the whole time. And last year we did this a lot, and it was it helped big time on uh, bringing in the 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 flatheads we were trying to target. And a lot of times we didn't have problems catching blues right along with them.
2: I'll jump in here real quick, Chuck. The yeah, one of the things that we should we should mention that is that for bluegill, there's many different types. Some people call about every kind of sort of uh, sunfish or bluegill, a bluegill and, and your state probably doesn't do that. They probably have uh, a limit on different species. So like a pumpkin seed or a uh, green sunfish or bluegill. Um, each of them might have a different limit in your state. So you should always check your, your state laws to see what you're allowed to have. Also with uh with live bait, if you're allowed to take that any sort of live bait from one body to the other. Like in Indiana, I know you're not allowed to take uh, shad. I'm not allowed to go to my reservoir and cast net shad, keep them alive, and take them to any other lake or even to the Ohio River. It's illegal to transport the live shad. You have to pretty much kill them, throw them on ice immediately. So just know know your laws, look up your laws, make sure that if you're out there catching bluegills live and throwing them in a bucket that you're not you know make sure you know what species you got what your limits are because uh, if a DNR guy comes up most of the time around here they look in your bucket and they will count and see what you're at and you know I don't I don't don't want anybody getting tickets out there so just make sure you know your laws
0: absolutely and this is this week's code just kind of gets back there uh, you go can you see it all Yeah. So this is, uh, this is this week's code for the giveaway. Anything you want to go and add there, Lyle? Well, um,
3: we use a lot of bluegill and bullheads and flatheads, but when we are tournament fishing, uh, the majority of the time we're using skipjack, uh, moon eye, uh shad, fresh caught as you can get, personally, uh, I know that this will start a big who with everybody talking about fresh over frozen, but uh, our success rate is probably better on frozen bait than it is fresh bait. I can't tell you why, Just sometimes they like it and sometimes they don't, but uh, usually fresh is probably better than frozen, but uh, we keep frozen skipjack, frozen shad in our area. The Asian carp has got uh, so Predominant that they've moved a lot of the shad out. Uh, that also makes good cut bait. Um, we, we catch them babies and they jump in the boat, side them off, and put them in a bag with all the juice and blood and stuff and, and vacuum seal them up and, and keep them that way. And the same way we do uh, vacuum seal the, the uh, skipjack and shad hole. Uh, I have caught the most fish on frozen bait and that's simply because a lot of times running tournaments we don't have time to go out and get fresh bait. Uh, we use it if we got it. Uh, I have a pond behind my house. It has nothing in it but bluegill and small bass. And When I catch the bass I throw them up on the bank because we don't want them in there. Uh, if we're going after flatheads we just go down there and rip us out a couple of dozen bluegill or sun perch or something and, and we're good to go. Uh, In tournament situations, sometimes a guy, if he's in a channel cat area and nobody's catching any fish, ought to have some kind of uh, D&K punch bait, something like that, in the boat. If you're not getting in some fish and you need to, a lot of the tournaments will have a uh, deal to where the big prize will be one fish over a certain length will get you in a drawing, and at that point, if you're halfway through the day and you don't have anything in the boat, you need to put some fish in the boat and you can use fishing worms or uh... uh... uh bait of some kind of your choice uh, whatever works good for you and get your fish in the boat so you can get in a drawing sometimes people are giving away boats sometimes are giving away rods sometimes they are giving away different prizes, and different things but you have to have a fish to qualify and, and uh... you can usually go to the rocks or the brushy areas and uh, off the end of dikes and stuff and, and pick you up a fish right quick to get you in a drawing for things when the water is flooded and it gets up in these farming fields in our area, uh, the catfish go up in these areas and they'll be eating worms and night crawlers and stuff that come out of that soil and when it starts draining out, they're already accustomed to going up in there after that stuff and you can take your big old circle hook and load it up with bait. Uh, Night crawlers or something, uh, the best is if you get something from that area but not get you some night crawlers and just keep putting them on that hook until it's just a big old ball of them and we're straining out, toss your anchor above it, toss right down into that, let it drift right down below it. A lot of times you'll pick up a big old boot because they've been up in there uh, chasing that that food source and uh, as far as I know that's the very best time to use them uh, unless you're in a channel cat tournament where they will work really well. But um, we keep when we go out we try to get an assortment of different things because one day they will like skipjack the next day they may want shad, the next day they may want something different and uh, if you're in a tournament situation especially you need to have an abundant source of different things and cut it differently sometimes the presentation makes all the difference in the world how official will, will react to bait and uh, try different rigs you know uh, two hooks in a in, in a big piece of bait or uh, cut the the sides off, and use strips one time, use chunks the next time. Sometimes they only want the heads. You just gotta search around and try to find what's working, and and uh, once you figure out what they're they're wanting, then just keep feeding it to them.
2: Yeah, and I'd I'd tell you right now that this last year, a lot of people think if you, you go down to a tournament on the Ohio River, and everybody in everybody in the tournament heads down the river, and they've got skipjack and shad and carp and <coughs> all this bait on, and they're out there trying to catch, you know, a blue, and I got to the point, and if you, if you don't, if I would have done it sooner, I probably would have done better. I ended up fourth place in this tournament, because I did all that stuff as well, and, you know, I used skipjack that I had frozen, I used some shad that I had fresh and frozen, I just couldn't get on any fish. I finally went up into the shallows, ended up throwing nightcrawlers, crawlers. I actually brought, I even brought nightcrawlers with me up into the shallows in one of the tributaries that go down into the Ohio river and got into some real shallow water and limited out on channel cats and ended up in fourth place. And if I'd have done it a little bit sooner, I probably would have had a nicer little nicer, uh, turn in and would have ended up placing in the money, you know, on just channel cats. So if if, you know, even worms on any, any given tournament you want to have abundance of bait, like Lyle said, well, one of the
3: things that comes to my mind right off the bat is a few years ago, uh, Keith Atkins and I—I um, I was at the time living in Springfield. I drove up there and spent three or four days pre-fishing before one of the bigger tournaments at that time was the Cooks Boat Motor Tournament. And uh, I had—we had been laying out big, nice blues uh, every day right in front of the dam at Parksville, and and I just—you know—I had a spot that I knew he was going to go to and do good, and. Uh, we sat there for four and a half hours and never got a bite, and Keith looked at me, and he said, we got to get fish in boat. We can't get the drawing without it, and we went over behind an island on a bunch of chunk rock and got our limit of, of five channel cats that day. The fishing was really bad. It had turned off on a cold front, and uh, there was 107 boats in that tournament. We ended up getting 14th with a limit of five channel cat on day and came punch and if we hadn't took off when we did, we probably wouldn't have been
2: able to find fish yet. Yeah. Uh, some other baits that I, I can think of is, I don't think anybody's mentioned, creek, creek chubs. Uh, around here locally, we go out to our creeks. Um, we can find what we call creek chubs or chubs or suckers. Uh, chubs, suckers, they're they're good bait for all three species of fish, channel, flat, and blues. Um, either cut or live. I mean, you can get some pretty decent. You can get some, you know, three-inch chubs all the way up to friggin' twelve-inch chubs or suckers. I mean, or bigger even, sixteen-inch. I mean, they can get pretty good size. Um, it's it's a real good bait for, like I said, all of the above. I can go to a lake and use a chub for channel cats or flatheads. I can go to the river, use it for any one of the three species, and and uh, it's it's a really good bait as well.
3: Um, Bullheads.
2: Bullheads.
3: Bullheads is an excellent flathead bait. If they get very big, I usually try to take a set of skinning pliers, which I use them for for uh, cutting off the, the the horns off of the bullhead. Uh, they won't stop a big cat, a big flathead, from taking them. Uh, they'll take them horns and all. But the smaller ones, sometimes they won't they won't take them. You know, the five, six, seven pound flathead. I just clip them them off. Uh, I also use them to take that nasty old skip off my hooks when I'm done for the day too, but um, yeah, uh, bullheads one of the great flathead baits, because them babies are so aggressive and them, them bullheads are very, They like bluegill, they stay alive a long time and, and you can keep them alive. Yeah,
2: I, I keep a little set of shears, and I, if I ever catch bullheads in my in my little creek things, I keep them as well, and I do the same thing I take these little scissor shears that I got, and I clip off both their side fins and their dorsal top fin there, They're the sharp The sharp ones that will sting you. I, I clip all those off, you know, and, and those things, a bullhead stay alive forever. I mean, I've taken a bullhead down to the Ohio River, threw it out 10 different times as I was fishing for flatheads, didn't catch anything, threw him back in my bait tank, brought him back home, put him in my bait tank at home, took him out again with me two months later at the river. You know, I mean, they just stay alive forever. So they're a real good bait to have if you can, if you can get them.
0: Nothing to mention about carp, though. Um, you use all species of carp, but I'm losing my voice. But um, One thing you want to make sure is if you've got an Asian carp in your boat, kill it and take it with you. You get caught with a live Asian in Illinois or Missouri, it's your butt.
3: It's an instant ticket.
2: Not to mention it's an invasive species anyway, and it's a good catfish bait.
0: Guaranteed.
3: Guaranteed sick. One thing that, that I've noticed about Asian carp, and, and you may get some argument about this also, um, for me personally, the hotter the water temperature is, the better it works. I don't have very good success rate on it when the water is cold, but in the summer, the hotter it gets, the better it, it works for me, and uh, we've got some really nice blue cat on those, uh, and a few flatheads, uh, actually, not as many, though. I, you know, I don't catch very many flatheads on cut bait, although this year I caught the majority of them on cut bait. But normally, uh, live bait is what works best for me for flatheads.
2: Just uh, trying to name a few other baits. Um, people that people use livers. Livers a bait for for um, liver and shrimp, and you can. The shrimp. I've heard people that you know they. They baste it in garlic and all kinds of other different concoctions and it's a good channel cat bait normally for small lakes and things like that. Um, beef or pork hearts are I have been used. They're they're a good bloody bait that's easily to be able to chunk up and take out to river or lake and use.
0: Uh, the beef and pork livers is pretty good too. I've used those on channel cat. Hot dogs. Along, along with crawfish, and uh, I lived one time uh, in Missouri, and I can't remember, but I think we could use goldfish. I can't remember.
3: But yes, yes, a lot of people use goldfish, especially if the fly is. They work really well. Um, you
0: use chicken gizzards. You can't get them off a of hook. Yeah,
3: well, that's another another thing about Asian carp. The skin on them is so tough. That you know, if you're having problems keeping a bait on, Asian carp is an excellent choice at heavy current because you nearly got to cut it off. That's the reason for the the skinning pliers in our boat is because it is so tough that you it's a job to get it off. Uh, You actually have to nearly cut it off of any hook. It's just the toughest stuff there is.
2: And and going back to what Chuck said, you know, if you're out throwing your cast net for shad or whatnot, and you get a a common carp, you know, a grass carp or whatever, in your net, especially a smaller one. My biggest fish of the year this year was caught on the head of a small grass carp or a common carp. So that's it's a good bait as well. You know, I mean, if you get one of them in your net and you're you're throwing for shad, don't don't toss it back out. You know, if you have a good mixture of bait on your boat, that's the best way to try to find what the fish are looking for. And you know, myself personally, personally, as far as uh, as far as uh, the way I use bait, I, I don't seem to use tails very often. I have I've a lot of people I know don't, but I've heard there are people that love tails. My, myself personally, I'll either just, you know, cut the tail off and throw it out or or uh, cut the, you know, cut it and put the whole thing on. I'll like just cut actually just slice on the side of the bait and if I'm baiting the thing whole, I'll just leave the whole thing on. But if I'm using any sort of cut bait or whatever, I normally cut the tail off and don't use it.
0: Uh, i got another little list here, Uh, stink baits. And uh, some people believe in them, some don't. I've never caught anything but a small fish off of stink bait, but that's just me. Um, I have used catfish soap on a Missouri River in Columbia, Missouri, when I lived there. That works. A uh, cotton seed cake. Uh, me and my dad will go out and that's that's all he'll bring and he still catches catfish. And uh then you got bait enhancers, you wanna be kinda careful about what you get. Um, you know, the other thing you didn't talk about was uh lures. They sometimes catch flathead, I see not. Uh, a lot of people the other day talking about jigging for flatheads.
2: Yeah, I because, myself, I don't, I don't do it. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure if anybody that I know of that even really, you know, especially in a tournament setting, I don't know of anybody that does it really. But there, there could be some. I myself don't.
0: And I do know, after several uses from uh, Rusty Shad products at Walmart. They are absolutely worthless. Um, we've we've baited up uh, 15 jugs, 15 regular shad. We've done it with trot lines, and um, every time the uh, the bait's pretty well still on the hook. So once in a while you might get a turtle. But, um, yeah, now, if,
3: I do want to mention, when you're doing that with jugs and stuff, you're doing that as a test mode. You don't for fishing. You are doing that just to test a bait and then all the yeah. fish still get turned. I want to make get, sure that everybody understands yeah. what the reason for that. Because you got
0: you got one pole or two poles, you're not going to get a very accurate number, so that's the, the reason we do that. Whole we're and release all the and
3: yeah, the we pole.
0: we did that with uh <coughs> we did that with triple X and uh fifteen jugs with fifteen without so when we're testing baits I get a, a better number or a better average. I, uh,
3: I think that I have tried every bait enhancement product that's on the market I get people sending me that stuff all the time and I'm not saying you can't catch stuff on it I'm just saying it's never worked for me brand, anyway. I've tried it all. I've tried it just fun fishing, pre-fishing for tournaments. I've tried it in tournaments when the fishing is slow and if the fish are biting, they'll take the natural stuff yeah. every time before hey, they uh, take
0: the other stuff. Uh, they never work for us in the cold. It's always got to be 70 and above.
2: I'd like to, real quick here, I'd like to talk about a couple of utensils, that, a couple things that people can use to help with uh, catching bait. Uh, the first is a product called the Perfect Circle Net Thrower um i myself i'll I'll be honest with you i can throw a net maybe two times three times and get it to open about 80 percent if i'm lucky and then after that i just i just start to slack off on it or something because it just starts to get worse and worse as i throw it um i know a lot of people that have used this and that that believe in it so it's something that i'm i'm pretty confident in recommending to get here's what it looks like it's basically a uh just a utensil that goes into inside of your cast net. I heard that it's a it's a bit of a pain to install. It takes two people, but it's like a frisbee. You throw the net almost like a frisbee. It opens perfectly every time. It's going to give you your maximum uh, opening and catch the catch the most bait fish in it as possible. And it it works for up to four to eight foot radius cast nets. Um, you can find those at like BassPro.com or Cabela's.com. Um like I said that's something that that I'd recommend if you have a hard time throwing a cast net or you're learning, you know. It's I believe it's 29.99. Um besides that, the other thing going along with what Chuck was saying again, uh shad tanks, in order to keep shad alive, you have to have a round tank. They just they won't live in a, in any square cornered tank whatsoever. Um keep alive makes a really good bait tank. And, that, and, that, and it goes along with other fish as well, not just shad. It helps. A round tank helps with most types of bait fish, but especially for shad, keeping them alive. And uh, Dave over at bottomdwellerstackle.com, I'm going to go ahead and do a screen share and I'll show you guys some of these bait tanks. And see, so you got right here, you got the keep alive. They start at around 224.95 for a 30 gallon with shipping. That's shipping included, and uh, they go on up. They've got you know glow in the dark type tanks, you know you know blue interior tanks, smaller tanks, uh, tanks with different options. You know there's lots of things here, but these things, the reason why they're so expensive is because of the um, the uh, insulation that's in them. And then also because of the the filter that they come with, so they're a really good product. They've been recommended by a lot of people, a lot of uh, you know, a lot of pros and things that that want to use live shad. They're going to keep a a bait tank either li- exactly like that from Keep Alive or a similar product on their boat. And if you don't know, Dave has the best prices on anything anyway. So if you're looking at getting one, you might as well check them out over there.
1: Yeah. Got anything else? I was wanting to go over uh, these guys that go out and do their bow fishing. You'll see them go through at night while you're fishing. They got the whole lake lit up with these big decks on the front. If you see these guys at boat launches, you can ask them um, for their number or give them your number. Tell them when they come in, in the morning. You might well, you might want to let them know what you're
2: doing first. You start asking guys for numbers at the boat ramp. <laughs> it might not go the way you want it. Yeah,
1: and you you can also let them know. A lot of these guys aren't educated about flatheads and stuff, and they'll get out there and that they'll 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 shoot flatheads and stuff while they're up back up in their, Uh, you know, you just let them give them your opinion. Just like hey guys, you know, pass on my flatheads while you're back there. There's Plenty more fish out there. There's a bunch of junk fish. Um, I, like, I looked through this guy's barrel one day, and you know he probably had 10 or 15 flatheads in there that he shot back up in slews. So uh, that would be a good way to get the message out about sparing your, your flatheads and your blues and stuff that they may run up on also. And you can get these big carp and stuff and just bring them home, freeze them whole. Uh, it keeps all the bloods, oils, and up on them really well while they're froze. You can take them out, spur of the moment, be on the river in a few minutes, and you got instant bait, and they usually do, you know, really well. And you don't have to work at all to get it. Just, um, you know, just get in touch with these guys, tell them you need three or four of them when they go out, and it's a done deal. On that same line, Chuck, you could go
3: uh, on your skippy trips, and if you're having trouble getting skipjack. uh there's always some local guys down there that are just catching them and throw them up on the bank, and most of them guys will be really glad just to let you have the fish they catch because they're doing it for fun. They're not doing it to keep them, and they just throw them on the bank, and they'll give you all kinds of, of fish, and you can get your limit that way, and don't forget that there is new limit restrictions in a lot of places this year on bait.
1: Oh, yeah. Yep.
0: So. Before we close, anybody got anything else?
2: I know there's a lot of baits that we didn't cover. there's There's other stuff out there. there's goldfish. fish. there's There's lots of things that can be used that we didn't get a chance to talk on. We may or may not touch on it in the future, but if you have any specific questions or anything, feel free to post them on our Facebook and we can try to you know get to them at some other show or something like that. and you know we're more than willing to help you out and pass on any information or knowledge that we know.
0: Yippers. And with that, we're going to go ahead and close for tonight. I'm really losing my voice now, so we'll talk to you all later. And keep the lines tight.